Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Greater are you that's within us than he that's in the world. We give you praise and thanksgiving for our deliverance, our healing in the name of Jesus today. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Say, I'm getting out. Glory to God. We're going to dismiss our 180 right now and go into their small groups. Thank God for 180. That's our youth ministry in case you don't know. Thank God for them. And uh, we are touching youth. And we, we have an outreach that we have on the first Friday every month as well. And uh, we get a lot of teenagers there. And they're growing. Amen. I got a couple of things that I need to share with you real quickly. Number one, early voting starts April the 24th, and our election day is May the 6th, and it's going to be for city council, our mayors, our, our mayor, there's many running. You need to do some investigation. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be lazy. Okay, don't be lazy. There's going to be some propositions there. I encourage you, I never hardly vote for a proposition, hardly ever. Because usually it's some politician doesn't have God in their head, in their reasoning and thinking. God has no, is distant from us, so they're coming up with some scheme that's going to fail and cost us money and, and, in the long run. So I hardly ever vote for a proposition. Now, you can vote for one and be on the wrong side of these propositions. Y'all missed that. <laughs> if you're paying attention, you get it. There's one coming up, Proposition A. If you vote for that, you're voting for the devil because it's, it's about lawlessness. And you can see someone in the lobby. They'll share some things with you. They'll tell you, you can go online and find out who's running for mayor. You need to investigate that. I'm not up here to uh, endorse anyone. I've, we've had a gentleman been coming. I don't even know if he's here today. I don't see him. It's been coming. There he is right there. I can't endorse you uh, from the pulpit. So, uh, Sergeant Mike, and he's been coming on, on our services. And he, if you want to talk to him, you talk to him after service and find out. But you do need to investigate. Okay, don't just go by what somebody else is doing or what seems to be popular because you could jump right out of the frying pan into the fire. Are you following me? So I want to make sure that you take advantage of this and go into the voting booth. All right, right now, right now. Let's just thank God. We're going to thank God for the Holy Ghost and fire in the voting booth this this voting season. Everybody say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. And, fire and fire in the voting booth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, man. I can just see it right now. Some of y'all are going to go and you're going to have the Holy Ghost start praying through you in tongues right over your lips. Right over. <laughs> oh, 
man, that would be something. Hallelujah. So take care of that. Now, the second thing is I have, this is, so I want you to pay attention to this very closely. Uh, we've been preparing, looking into a uh, Christian school. And uh, how many of you know that, I've said this for years, the best education is a Christian education. Amen. If you can have 15 plaques on the wall saying that you've got a doctorate in stupidity. <laughs> if you don't have God in it, you're, 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 that's what you've done. You've spent, you gave the world system hundreds, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a degree that say that you're smart in the foolishness of men. Okay? I've said it for years and I'll say it again. The best education is a Christian education. And God has something to say about every area of education. Math, science, uh, history... All of those things are very, very important. But if you don't get God's perspective, then we're no wonder we have trouble retaining youth because we have given them 12 years. I think somebody said it was 144, I don't know, thousands of hours, I don't know. 14,000, I don't know. It's a whole lot more than you spend with them. Because most of the time they're, they're either eating or sleeping while they're with you. Very little chores go on, by the way. Okay. Anyway, we're, we're, we're investigating, we're doing this, and a couple of weeks ago, Richard and I was talking, and, and I said, okay, that's God. How many of you ever got the cart before the horse? How many, how many of you ever jumped the gun? We're going to do this. This is something God's already settled in my heart to do. But we're going to take, not this fall. I've been telling everybody it's going to be this fall. Because I'm, let's, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. Well, that, yes. But I want a foundation that is done right. And give us opportunity to get all of our ducks in a row. And God's been teaching me this starting before, I don't know, I think it's 2018, somewhere in there, when he gave me a word called serendipity, a word that I had never used before, and he gave it to me in a dream. I pronounced it right in the dream, then I had to get up and pr practice how to pronounce it. <laughs> but serendipity, how many of you ever heard of it? There's a movie, that movie is perverted, by the way. What I mean is it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't give a God environment. That's what I'm talking about. Serendipity is where God lines things out at a certain time element. Where he has finances, personnel, money. Everything is in place and then God says, now. Are you following me? He brings everything together. How many, how many of you know what a miracle is? Where God intervenes on the scene, right? Well, we could say that a serendipity is just a miracle. What if the miracle power of God was here and you didn't show up? 
Do you know that in the book of Luke, it says that Jesus went into his own hometown and the power of God was there to perform miracles. But the people weren't ready. You follow? And so he says, I want you to just put the brakes on it for this uh, fall. And I want you to take a year because this time next year, everybody is going to be uh, getting ready to, uh, uh, I started to say enlist. <laughs> but get, huh? It, yes, to, to enroll. And so here's what we got to do. This is what God told me to do. He told me to do this beforehand anyway, which I was going to do this summer, which we're going to start. We're going to start, start taking up offerings for it. I said an offering. I didn't say extract. You follow? We've already had one offering given to, towards it. Because <clears throat> we need to have the best in place. Instead of struggling, I've been there twice before. Everybody say the third time. The third time. He rose on the third day. <laughs> so we're going to get, we're praying. Everybody, everybody needs to get ready. Families need to get ready. It gives you time to get ready. Under, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Getting prepared. It takes, uh, it's going to, we're going to have all of our protocols in place all of our training in place, everything ready so that when we do it, uh, we will do it, we'll kick it off with a bang. Amen. Everybody understand what we're doing? Okay. It's not that we're not going to do it. We are going to do it because it's, I believe it's part of the end time. Okay? Everybody with me? Yes. All right. You understand? We are doing it. We are. Say this, we are. We are. Opening, opening a school. This is a process. This is beginning. He said, don't jump ahead of me. All right? Everybody with that? Okay. Thank you. Now we can go on. You ready to go today? This whole month, we're talking about greater than. He is greater than. He is greater than. He is greater than. Subtitle for today, the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, the teacher. This is probably an area where most people don't understand. I want to set up something for you. <clears throat> there are three offices that God functions in. There's one God. How many gods are there? One. One. But there are three areas or three functions of God. Just like you were created in the image and likeness of God. You're one being, but there's three functions that you operate in typically. You understand? And I'll give you an example of me. I am Ronnie Allen. That is who I am. That is my name. Everybody with that? But I have three major functions in my life. Number one, I am a son. 
Number two, I'm a husband. Number three, I'm a father. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Everybody with that? Three functions of God. If you don't understand that, you'll miss the concept because many Christians do. I am still one person. I have one name. His name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody with that? The Lord represents the Father. Lord God Jehovah. Jesus represents the Son and the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of the Father working through the Son and is operating in the earth today. You have to understand this because if you don't, you'll miss it. The answer to our generation is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll get into it deeper here in just a minute from scriptures. But <clears throat> the Father sent Jesus the Son to operate on the earth and function on the earth as a righteous man empowered or anointed with the Holy Ghost. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Okay? Jesus functioned on earth as a righteous man or a righteous son of God. Okay? He also refers to himself as the son of man, anointed by the Holy Ghost. This was to show us or exemplify the thing that God's going to do from the foundation of the world. This is what He wanted to do with Adam and Eve before they, they sinned in the garden. And so He exemplified exactly where He wanted to take you and I. Jesus, the Son has finished His work of redemption. The work of redemption is finished. When He said on the cross, it is finished, the work of redemption that Jesus came to do is finished. Everybody say finished. finished. Okay. And that's why He says when it's finished, He said it is necessary to His disciples that I go away. For if I don't go away, I cannot send the Holy Ghost to you. Okay? He can't come unless I go away. Why? Because the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in the man, Christ Jesus. 
Are y'all with me? Jesus is, was, always will be God. But he was God manifested in flesh form. Everybody with this? Okay. Going to get really interesting for you here in just a minute. So he went away to pour out the Holy Ghost. Jesus the man is seated in heaven. That's where he's at right now. Well, that really, why? Because the work is what? Finished. So who's operating in the earth? The Holy Ghost. Okay. Now, Zona and I, when we got married, we are with each other forever. Okay. Okay. So the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, He's going to abide in, in, in you forever. Different function. He is to be my partner my God, my helper in everything I do. Because he knows the perfect will of the Father. Are you with me? You, from a human standpoint, don't know the perfect will of the Father. You know what you're going to pray? You're going to pray your ache and pain. That's exactly what you're going to pray. And the book of Romans chapter 8 says that the Holy Spirit knows what to pray for. He didn't say you didn't know how to pray. Because Jesus told us and gave us plain instructions. You ask the Father in my name. I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. So we know how to ask in the name of Jesus. It's not a matter of not knowing how to ask. It's a matter of knowing what to ask. And the Holy Spirit is there to be your guide. Your partner. There have been many times that I didn't pay attention to the Holy Ghost the way I didn't pay attention to my wife. Are y'all here? And she tried to tell me. Just like the Holy Ghost tries to tell us. <laughs> it would be best to pray according to the Holy Ghost. I started, in my case, started to say, it's best that I pray according to Zona. <laughs> no, no, no. But do you understand? What I'm talking about is the Holy Ghost is your equal partner. I'm going to say it one more time. He's your partner. He's not going to make you do anything. But he sure does know how to nudge you. 
My wife doesn't make me do anything, but she surely knows how to nudge me. So you understand the functions, the reason why I'm bringing that up, the function. Now, wow. Go with me. You've heard it, but let's just go with it. Go with it. Luke, chapter number three. We've used it for some months now. We may use it, we need to use it for years to come. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water. We're going to have water baptism next week. Now, stop here just a minute, because we're going to talk about it. There are two types of baptism here. We're talking about the baptism of water and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The word baptism is the word baptizio. Okay? Baptizio means to fully submerge. Fully submerge. That's why we don't sprinkle. That was brought in by religious leaders in the dark ages. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that point, because you just, okay, that's the reason why we don't do it. We, it means to submerge. If you notice, Jesus, when he was baptized of John in the river Jordan, the Bible says he went into the river. We're going to sprinkle. We could just get you on the edge and throw a little water in your face. Splash water. No, it means to submerge. Everybody with me? Because this is important. It's important you get the right concepts why I'm saying this. John says, I indeed baptize you or submerge you in water. I can say it another way. He dipped us. Okay. Do you know it also means to continue to do so? So we bring you up out of the water. If it didn't take the first time, we plunge you again. Okay. But it does mean to submerge. Now stay with this. He said, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than, uh, uh, mightier than I cometh, the latchets of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you, submerge you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And then he goes on to say, whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor. He will gather the wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. You've heard me say it, but it's worth repeating, and you need to hear it again. What he's referring to here is when the wheat becomes mature, it's cut off, and then they take it into a thrashing floor, and they beat the wheat to separate it from the chaff. The chaff is the hull. Okay? The wheat is the heavy part. The chaff is the flighty part. You know what I mean? Light airheads. I mean, uh, okay? And it separates off of it. And then it says, whose fan is in his hand. What does that mean? That means when he takes it and he's, and he's beating it on the floor, there's a breeze or a fan that someone's probably fanning over here to cause that chaff to blow. The wheat is not going to because it's heavy and it's going to fall to the ground. And it separates the wheat from the chaff. And he says, we take the wheat, we put it into the, 
into the storehouse, and then we turn around and we set the chaff on fire. The chaff that he's referring to is fallen human nature. We need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to burn up all the flesh. What is going on right now is the baptism of the Holy Ghost is moving across this land and separating the wheat from the chaff so he can burn up the chaff. I put it more specifically. He's doing that in the body of Christ. There's just been a whole lot of flesh in the body of Christ. Just a whole lot of it. We come with our own mindsets. We come with our own needs. As long as I get my needs, this, is what, this has been the attitude of flesh. This is the attitude of flesh. As long as I get my needs met and to hell with the rest of the world. I know that sounds blunt, but that's the attitude. The church is supposed to be here when I need it. Well, that went, it went really good. You that are viewing by live stream, I ain't leaving you out. And in reality, the church is the body of Christ and we're members in it. Trey mentioned something earlier. We're, we're, listen, I put it my way of saying it. We're supposed to be in sync with heaven, not heaven in sync with us. Heaven has the agenda of my life. Not me. If I'd have had my own way, I wouldn't be up here today. And I'd probably be dead. But I'm glad the Holy Ghost knows how to burn out the chaff. Because flesh is enmity against God. Every single person that's born into this world is born with sinful nature. It just takes time to develop and manifest. Babies are born, they're cute, they're nice, and that's why we're supposed to train them in the way they should go. And if you, if you do a good job as a parent, you still got to fight the world, their flesh, and the devil. Okay? And sometimes the devil will sneak in through somebody else's flesh and get a hold of your children, and that's why you want to baptize with the Holy Ghost early. Everybody say early. That's why you and I as parents and grandparents need to be praying with them in tongues. Because if we leave it up to them, this is what we tell them all the time. This is what we pound it into their head. You can be anything you want to be. And what do they choose? Something stupid that is totally opposite of what God has planned for them. You can be anything you want to be. That's a, that, that is a big lie. Because you can choose the wrong thing. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Y'all still with me? Okay. Still love Jesus? <laughs> Hold your finger here. We're going to come back. Go with me to the book, book of John, chapter 14. I'll read out of the King James. I would like... Listen, you need to, well, let's just read it, not talk about it. Verse 15 of chapter 14. 
Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you'll keep my commandments, in other words, you'll follow me. I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter, partner, guide, teacher. That he may abide with you, how long? Forever. Confirms what I was saying earlier. Even the spirit of truth. The spirit of what? Truth. Whom the world cannot receive. They cannot receive him. Because it see, it, it, the world sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. Watch this. For he dwelleth with you. He's right there with them in the person of Jesus. Okay? But notice what he says. He dwelleth with you. And shall be in you. Shall be means he's going to come into you at a certain point. But right now he's just with you. I will not leave you comfortless or orphans without a guide or a teacher. I will come to you yet a little while and the world sees me no more. But you see me. Because I live, you shall live also. And at that day, listen carefully, and at that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Judas saith unto him, not Iscarius, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words and my Father will love him, and we, we, notice the word we, will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now, it's worth noting here, I'm not going to go into all this right now. That word abode is the same word, mansion, when he said at chapter 14, verse 1, in my Father's house are many mansions or many abodes. That makes sense. In our house, there are many places that I can abode. I go to the dining room, I abode there for a while. I go to the bedroom, I abode there for a while. I go to the bathroom, I abode there for a while. That's the place we call purging. (laughs) Okay. In my father's house are many abodes. Are you following now? We've always put that way out there, but God's talking about right here, right now. The Holy Ghost has many abodes. He can abode in you and he can abode in me. And, And listen... For a long time, I thought I was the bathroom. (laughs) I said, Lord, why is it that I always have to clean up mess? Be faithful in the little things and I'll make you move on for many. (laughs) Are you following? The Holy Ghost 
uses different personalities and different giftings in his different places of abode in his house. Are you following? Y'all still love Jesus? Okay. Watch this. <laughs> oh. Verse 24. And he that loveth me, and he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and that which ye hear is, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. But, verse 26 is where you need to emphasize for today. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. The comforter means guide, teacher. It doesn't mean just someone patting you on the back. The Holy Ghost doesn't always pat me on the back. Whom the Father will send, will send, not right then, will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. He's going to teach you something. Your job is to be, have a spirit of learning. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, gives I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled with all the stuff that's going on in the world, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said unto you, I go my way and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Why would you rejoice? Glory to God. Because I said I go to my Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it came to pass, you might believe. Now, here's the point. Why would he tell him you would rejoice at my going away? So that the Holy Ghost can come and live in you and not just be with you. So you're not by yourself. Whenever the devil tries to make you feel lonely... He's lying to you. And he jerks on your flesh with emotions to make you feel something that is not true. It's not true. I'm going to say that one more time. It's not true. I am not by myself. I don't do these things by myself. Now go back to chapter 3. Of Luke. Listen to what he said. John says, I say unto you, I indeed baptize you with water. Baptism means to submerge, fully wet, or we can say it another way, to dip or to dunk. Fully wet. Okay? I do that with water. Now, why did we do it with water? Why is there the baptism of water? Well, in the New Testament, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the book of Romans says, we identify. You're identifying. Zona identifies with me. She identifies with me. Okay? So, we identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection through the water, uh, I mean, through the baptism of water. Everybody with me? And the Bible says, you reckon yourself. That means I reckon. You ever heard of the reconciling? Right. 
of your checkbook? Well, we reconcile through water baptism that we were dead with him, buried with him, that like as we reckon that, we also reckon the resurrection when we come out of the water of baptism. That's why it's important to be water baptized. Okay? But John says he used that as a baptism of repentance toward the death, burial, and resurrection. Now we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection that's already taken place through waters of baptism. Everybody with me? Okay, because we're going to get to a real important part right here. But he said, uh, One mightier than I cometh, the, the, the latchets of whose shoes I'm not worthy to loose, unloose, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The very, listen, how God anointed Jesus, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus, the man, with the Holy Ghost, and with power. Us being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire is the same thing as if Jesus, listen carefully, was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Everybody with that? He's giving us an example of where his death, burial, and resurrection is going to take us. To where the very power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. He's more real than your physical body. In fact, His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, can quicken that mortal body. It's the power source of making your mortal body to live out the life of Jesus while you're here on earth, long and strong. Okay. Now, you ready for this word baptism? It's the word baptizio. Now, don't get it confused with another word that is babto. I, I think I'm pronouncing it right. And that just means to dip. That's all that means. Dip. But baptismal means something entirely different. Are y'all ready? Are you sure you're ready? My mom used to take cucumbers. She'd cut them up for supper or lunch, whatever. She'd cut them up and she'd put them in a solution of part water. You couldn't put it in straight vinegar because it probably more, more than you could handle. So she'd make this solution of water and, and uh, vinegar. And she'd cut those up, put them in there. When we'd eat them, they would be sour and have the vinegary taste. And <clears throat> it was still a cucumber. I'm going to say that one more time. Still a cucumber. It was just dipped in a solution. If you do not shout over this, 
just dip to make a salute, you know what I mean? And you got the flavor of it, but it's all on the outside. But the word baptismio doesn't mean just dip. It doesn't mean just have it on the outside. So many people get the water baptism. They got a certificate saying they got water baptism. And you know, for a long time, that was a legal document. Do you know that? It was a legal document. However, there is something bigger, better, that blows that out of the water. There's a difference between a cucumber and a pickle. Okay? That's what they, they give this example. This guy came up with this to give an understanding of it in the Greek 200 year B.C. And what it means is Yes, it's put into a solution. But that's, it stays in that solution until that solution transforms that pickle, I mean that cucumber, into a pickle. And when you don't call them cucumbers anymore, you call them pickled. They are pickles. When you pull them out of there, the flavor's not on the outside. It's on the inside that comes through to the outside. Listen carefully to what John says. But there's one coming after me. He's going to baptize you. Pickle you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. To where he is going to not be with you. He's absolutely going to be inside you. To where you're transformed. And the devil can't tell the difference between you and Jesus the man that was baptized with that same power. That's what the church has got to wake up to understand. Because, my friend, I want to tell you what's happened. We've allowed the works of the flesh to take over the church instead of being pickled with the Holy Ghost. We'll always have a pickle taste. A pickle is a pickle, even if you take it to, to work with you. In the grocery store, a pickle is a pickle. You're at home. The pickle is the pickle. And when you open up that pickle jar, guess what? The smell of a pickle comes out. You bite it like you think you're going to devour it and you come back for more. You're pickled. That's what John was talking about right here. And it's not just being pickled with anything. It's pickled with the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now you understand why Paul was making such statements in the book of Romans. If God be for you, 
who can be against you? He said, you're counted like sheep for the slaughter. All the day long, the devil counts you. I'm going to slaughter this one. I'm going to slaughter that one. I'm going to slaughter that one. And he says, hey, who can separate me from the love? Do you know that the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost? And he starts naming all those things off. So, hey, shall famine? going to separate me from the love of God that's on the inside of me by the power of the Holy Ghost? Persecutions. Afflictions. You know what he says? He goes on there to say, nay. You know what the word nay means in the King James? No. Boy, you were Greek scholars. It means No. In all of these things, we have been made more than conquerors through him that love us and gave himself for us. Jesus gave himself and paid the penalty and finished that work so that the next phase would take place. The baptism of the Holy Ghost to absolutely transform you out of a cucumber state into a pickled state of the Holy Ghost. Are you understanding what we're saying here? I'll never forget, we went to a pastor's conference one time. Minister's conference. And all the preachers were up there talking about how, you know, it's just for preachers, so we get to air out, you know, like we don't get to. And it's probably God we don't get to. We shouldn't have got it there. And she had three, they had three or four, <laughs> had three or four ministers get up there and tell how, what they went through and how bad it was and so on and so forth. And then I'll never forget Renee Garner getting up there. She made this statement. I don't feel sorry for none of you. <laughs> Do you know who dwells in you? Glory to God. Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. The Holy Ghost is a great teacher. Give me just a few more minutes right here. He is the teacher. Now, I want to I help you. I, have, I, I am a teacher. And I can, I can teach you some things, but that doesn't mean you learn it. The Holy Ghost will help you learn it. Okay? If there's everything, anything that needs, the body of Christ needs right now, is to let the Holy Ghost be the teacher. Now, what does that mean? You're not going to have me follow. I'm not going to be following you around. And I don't want you waking me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay? Not that I don't mind helping you, but I like sleeping. And once I'm woke up at 2 o'clock, I don't just go back to sleep. But the Holy Ghost, He's your teacher. Now, stay with me just a, just a second. Because this is, this is really, really important. 
A number of years ago, my dad preached a sermon in Brady, Texas called The Spirit Moved and God Spoke. Now pay attention right here because if you don't pay attention, you'll think I'm saying something I'm not. We have what is referred to when it's referred to the Word of God as the word logos. That means a word that is spoken. Okay? It's spoken. Therefore, it's written like dictation. It's written down and we know what was said. Are you following? That's where we get the writings of the Bible. And you need to read the Bible. It's written because it was said. Are you following? And so we can read the Bible and know what God said. However, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost knows which of those words you need for right now. Another word for the word of God is a rhema. That rhema word is the way Kenneth Haken and started the ministry, rhema ministries, is a word spoken by the Holy Ghost, by revelation. You understand? It's, 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 a, it's a living word. It's no longer just a printed page. Like Too many people read this like, like it's, well, it, it, that happened, but can it happen for me? The Holy Spirit makes that word alive. My dad also spoke, I'll never forget him speaking this. He said, all Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Listen carefully. That the man of God or the woman of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And the Holy Spirit kept him going over that verse. All scripture is given by inspiration. All scripture is given by inspiration. And finally, he instructed him and it says, all the scripture was truly given, spoken, and it was written down by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But also, all scripture is given that has been written down by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to your heart. So we can say it another way. All scripture is also understood by inspiration. So we could say it like this. The Holy Ghost takes the written word of God in a moment that you're in and causes it to burn on the inside of you so that you know exactly what to do in any given moment and any given situation. Word to God. I'm about to jump off of here. Get right in your face. 
he'll also give those verses of Scripture for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. Let me, and so that you could be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So in every given situation, the Holy Ghost, the great master teacher, will say, don't do this right now. Don't go there. That's not the way I want you to respond in this given uh, uh, situation. This is what I want you to do. Are you following what I'm saying? And many Christians today have no idea what I just told you. It's not taught in the church. Because there's been no emphasis in our generation on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now you understand what the Holy Ghost is for. Jesus said, we already read it in John chapter 14. He's going to take of mine and reveal it unto you at that given moment. Because you're over there, you're in uh, this hunk of flesh that wants to talk back to you. And the devil jerks on you with your emotions about the situation and the circumstances. So he jerks on you over here and you get all emotional and you don't know what to do, and then you begin to just, you know, ask everybody there, why don't you ask the Holy Ghost what He wants you to do? Yes. Well, he, I asked Him, He haven't told me. Then don't do nothing. Maybe He just wants you to stand still and see the salvation of God. Well, how long I got to do that until He tells you to do something? The problem is, you need to get out of the way of trying to lead. Because I promise you, all that the devil has to do is put something in front of you that your fleshly appetites that have not been burned away yet and jerk on you. And you'll totally miss God and you'll wonder, why, 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 why don't I have the miracles that God wants to give me? Because you're not spirit-led. You're not led of the Holy Ghost. Y'all keep this up and I may preach for another hour. <laughs> Listen to this. I'll show you this real quickly. And we're going to close here in just a minute. We're going to close with a bang too. Watch this. Chapter 2, 1 Corinthians. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for those that love Him. He keeps it ready for you. It's ready. It's fresh for the moment. But you didn't dream it. You haven't seen it. You haven't even heard about it. But, verse 10, God hath revealed those things that He keeps ready unto us by His Spirit. The function of the Holy Spirit to teach you, no, don't do that. Hold, hold your peace. Just be quiet. Stay still on this. This is what I want you to do now. Because it sets up the serendipity. 
For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. What knoweth what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now have we, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that He keeps ready for us, already prepared, that are freely given to us of God. Which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. See, your fleshly wisdom can't teach you this. It takes the Holy Ghost. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual with things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned or spiritually understood. But he that is spiritual judgeth or discerns all things, and yet he himself is judged or understood of no man. The world's going to think you're crazy. So what? You want to follow their pattern and fail? Okay. For we, who hath known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? Who can over here say, well, I know exactly what you're thinking. God, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Are you kidding me? You don't know. So what we've got to do is consult the mind of God so he tells us how to do and when to do. Are you following? Then it says, but we have the mind of the anointed one and his anointing. Amen. I'm going to read that out of the Passion Translation because some of you need a little passion right now. Are you ready? All right. This is why the scripture says, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine, these things are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his innermost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and his secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God so that we might come to understand and experience, and experience all the grace that grace has lavished upon us. And we are, we, and we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together, Spirit revealed truths, with spirit-revealed words. Man. Someone living on an eternal human level, or I mean, excuse me, entirely on a human level, rejects the revelations of God's spirit. For they make no sense to him. 
He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things and they are subject to no scrutiny of anyone but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord, Yahweh, well enough to become His counselor? Christ has. The one that was anointed by the Holy Ghost has. And we possess. Christ's perceptions. Now folks, when we talk about the Holy Ghost, it's not something to shy away from because the world thinks you're crazy. It's something to embrace. If the world thinks you're crazy, you're going in the right direction. Glory to God. You need to embrace the Holy Spirit because He's the one that's going to bring these revelations and understandings to you of what God's got in mind for you while you're here on earth, not just to reveal them to you, but so that you can experience them. And God is saying to the church, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. Get out of the rut of religious activity and get over into the realm of living on the cutting edge of the realities of what God has prepared for you by the Holy Ghost. Man, when you live like this, when you live like this, the devil doesn't have a dog's chance over your life. That was paid for at the cross. Yes. Jesus also said, which we didn't get into it in the book of John's. This is what he said to him: The glory that I have with the Father. I'm kind of paraphrasing it right here. That glory is going to be in you. Yes. Do you know what he was talking about? He's talking about the Holy Ghost. You need to build that up, magnify it, and if it gets you a little squirrely in the world's eyes, you've finally found sanity. Yes. <laughs> Folks, I don't know how come we think we have to appease the world that can't even tell whether they're a woman or a man. They can't even tell that. So if they can't tell that, why do we appease that mentality? You're talking about insanity. Yet we do it because we, we, don't, we don't want to offend and, and we don't want to look foolish in their eyes. It's about time you about lose all of your reputation. Oh, I can't afford to have the wrong reputation, Pastor Ronnie. I know, you've built it up until it's going to fall apart. You need to let the Holy Ghost build a reputation in you. The reputation of the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? Because that's the only answer for your family, that's the only answer for you, and that's the only answer for our society. That the Holy Ghost 
comes back to the body of Christ. And, and he'll only do that if we acknowledge him. Pay attention to him. Follow his leadership. You say, Pastor Ronnie, well, are, you gonna, are you talking about speaking in tongues? I don't mind the Holy Ghost without the speaking in tongues. I also don't want that. Do you know that English is talking in tongues? Hello. Your tongue is rattling, isn't it? You go to work every day and all the scum buckets around there that doesn't know Jesus are talking in their language. And then they'll say, well, oh, oh, excuse me, I understand you go to church. Pardon my French. Don't blame it on the French. It's a tongue of the flesh. You want them to stop showing you dirty jokes and telling you dirty jokes? I guarantee you if you'll respond speaking in tongues, they won't bother you again. I promise you they won't. They'll, they, they won't bother you anymore. <laughs> Someone came knocking at the door of a group of religious people that... <clears throat> Knocks on doors. <laughs> and, and they got fed up with it. And they said, Lord, I, I'm a believer. I, I, why are they hassling me? I, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't. He said, I'm just tired of it. So the next time they opened the door, the Holy Ghost rose up with them and they started speaking in tongues. And when they did... They got out of there and never came back to that house. Kandalala <laughs> basata. Woo! That's the first time they ever came to the door and somebody had something that had some power behind it and all of a sudden they didn't understand it and they took off. A lot of our problems we put up with because we're afraid about the speaking in tongues. Most people that don't speak in tongues or want to do away with it is because they're, they're under, trying to understand the Holy Ghost from a fleshly standpoint. We already read it's foolishness to them. We already read it. So why in the world are we trying to use foolish wisdom of this world to direct God to deliver us? The fact is he's already paid for your deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. I think I'm going to stop right there. Richard, where yet? Come on. Now listen, I want you to take this song and just worship Jesus. Forget everybody else for a moment. I want you to forget everybody else. Sing this song like Jesus is talking to you and you're talking to Him. And as you do, the Holy Spirit's going to quicken something on the inside here. 
He wants you to let Him see through you. In other words, He don't want you to look at your situation and try to figure it out with your pea brain. What He wants you to do is let Him begin to open up your heart to where you see something you that your eye hasn't seen and your ear hasn't heard and hasn't entered into your heart because you've been so wrapped up with your circumstances. You view them day in and day out. And the devil's trying to make you think that this is your confinement, that God's doing this to keep you in prison to this thing. And in reality, the Holy Ghost, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty from that. Are you understanding what I just said to you? Where the Spirit of the Lord is at. There's liberty from that thing that has confined, confounded you and confined, confined you to make you think that you're condemned for that condition. In reality, that's not the way God wants it to be, and he'll, but He's got to work from the inside out of you. He's trying to work, get the... He's trying to get the nature of the pickle in you. The nature of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, living big on the inside, to where He strips all the impossibilities off of you, to where your God is big. He's not confined to your situation. What He did in the Bible, He wants to do today. He will do today if you'll let Him live from the inside out of you. Glory to God. Who here today, even if you're viewing by live stream, ran out of the grave of sickness? You just ran out. Who said you got to be there? He opened the prison door. Set the captive free. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? You got it? Don't let the devil talk you out of it. You got it. You hang on to it. This is mine. Listen carefully. I want to make a statement. You need to grab this. Pay attention. This is corrective. This is by the Holy Spirit. Don't you ever, ever talk about my high blood pressure, my cancer, my heart trouble, my diabetes, my arthritis. That doesn't belong to you. You understand? When you refer to it, you refer to it as a defeated foe. It ain't mine. Doesn't belong to me. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for healing my blood pressure. I didn't say high blood pressure. Thank you, Lord, for healing my body. You healed me from cancer. Here's another one. Don't you ever call fear yours. 
We make mistakes, big mistakes. Paul said within our fears. He didn't call them his fears. He said without our fightings, within our fears. In other words, he's showing how he's battling that carnal nature. But it, don't you ever call fear yours. Fear is of the devil. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Testimonies are rolling in this week. How God has healed me. I'm, I'm not just talking about making a statement of faith. I'm talking about the virtue, the power of the healer. Don't you give in to that fear that's lied to you and make you think it's going to stay, stay that way. It's not going to stay that way. Glory to God. I am speedily recovering. Speedily. Everybody say speedily. All right, get it out of first gear then. Put it in second gear, pop the clutch and burn rubber. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I thank you right now. Yes, Lord, there's healing coming, not only physically, but a healing spiritually and in the soul where emotions have been bashed. Conflict on the inside. Right now, we thank you for healing. Healing right now to the home. Healing to the marriage. I speak it by the authority of the name that is above every name. By the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And through the finished work of Calvary that paid for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that testimonies roll in this week for those that are here in the auditorium, those that are viewing by live stream. By live stream, put it on there. Send us an email. Communicate. You need to share what God has done. Rub it in the devil's face. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And Lord, as we leave here today, we thank you that your grace surrounds us like a shield and influences us in everything we do. We can hear your voice clearly. And another, we won't follow. Father, I thank you right now that you have given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us a name that we can use, your name. We invoke it right now. Say this with me out loud. In the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, Father, 
I thank you right now if there's somebody that doesn't know you. You drew them here by your spirit. Help them to confess your lordship over their life. Spirit of shame is broken. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Totally transform me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for loving me. When you do that, he's going to begin to operate on the inside of you. Now, Father, I thank you that you feel us so full of your love. That as we go into our everyday lives and every person we come in contact with, your love would just ooze out of us and touch them with the gospel. We thank you, Lord, you're doing a work in the midst of this chaos. And you're going to put things in your order. We give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.